listening to From the Friars podcast, the community of Franciscan Friars of the Renewal, headquartered in the Bronx, New York City. My brothers and sisters, I greet you. The greeting of St. Francis, may the Lord give you peace. Amen. If you were up here and you could see the lectionary book that I'm looking at, the very next page just says, Holy Week. So we are right on the edge of the beginning of Holy Week. Um, So this is it. It just so happens that this year, um, today coincides with the first Saturday of the month. And as you know, here at Our Lady of Shrine, Our Lady of Fatima, that special devotion known as the first Saturday devotion. I have a little altar in the corner over there with the statue of the Sorrowful Heart of Mary, and there's a little placard that has the details of when Mother Mary asked us through the visionary, Sister Lucia, to make this devotion on five first Saturdays, five months in a row, to get to confession eight days before or after, get to pray the rosary, 15 minutes of meditation, keeping Mother Mary in company, and then um, going to Mass, receiving communion with the intention of reparation for blasphemies against her Immaculate Heart. So the whole thing is right there. And um, it also, this year is April 1st, and um, somewhat feeling obligated to pull a prank or, you know, a joke, right? Um, I'll never forget one of my favorite moments on this day. We had uh, one of our priests who's now deceased was really one of the funniest people I've ever met. This was his birthday and um, so we remember Father Robert, may he rest in peace. And he was just so funny. And to be born on April 1st was such a perfect day for him. And um, I'll never forget one year on April 1st, I opened up my email and there was a message from Google saying that on April 1st, they were offering a free service that they would literally print all your emails on paper if you wanted and mail them to you. <laughs> and I remember just sitting there in shock, like, how many trees are we going to kill to print out thousands of emails to mail them, you know, like, and then it was like, oh, they got me. They got me, you know. So, oh boy. So here we are. And um, so maybe today is just a, a moment of levity before we begin into some fairly serious days, right? Holy Week are very serious. We, we begin with Palm Sunday, Passion Sunday, The church and her liturgy reenacts those sacred moments that led up to the death and resurrection of the Lord. We have that very dramatic proclamation of the gospel of Jesus's passion. And you know, there's a few different people and there's even a little line for the crowd. And it's um, really a little bit unnerving as the story unfolds, the church places upon the lips of her children, the, the line, crucify him, crucify him. We say that. And uh, hopefully we feel a little disturbed and unnerved by that, that in the liturgy of the church, um, we play the role of those in the crowd who were calling for his crucifixion. Um, so that's, that's pretty serious. Whoa. And um, we're going to try to unpack that a little bit, um, what that might mean. It says in the catechism that throughout history, people have tried to blame all sorts of different people for the crucifixion of the Lord. It is a historical fact that there were some Christians that even blamed the Jewish people as a whole. And again and again, the church has rejected that interpretation. And what it says in the catechism is that all of us have, were the author of his crucifixion, that he died on the cross for our sins. It is our sins that put him there. And so in that way, we are all bearing the burden and the responsibility 
through our sins of crucifying Jesus. Now that's interesting because you may say to me, but Father, I wasn't alive then. <laughs> Anybody here 2,000 years old? Okay, no, right? We weren't here. I mean, some people may look 2,000 years old. I don't know. Brother Pius, uh, no. Brother Pius is the brother who's here with me. We're the co-chaplains. So he's the safe one to pick on. Like, I know if I picked on someone else, you may get your feelings hurt. But uh, thank you, Brother Pius. So, um, so in what way can, can we understand this idea that in, that in some way, really, we each have an opportunity to personally take responsibility for the crucifixion of the Lord? Is this some sort of classic example of what people call Catholic guilt? Oh, those Catholics, they really love their guilt, right? You know, is it that? Um, well, it could be, but I don't think it has to be. Rather, it's always important to remember that the Lord did this whole thing because of his love for us. That is the only way to understand how the death of Jesus on the cross is our salvation. It's his love for us. It's God expressing his love for us, that he was willing to take in the language of the Bible, the penalty or the punishment due to sin. He, he entered into the reality of sin, although he himself never sinned. St. Paul will say he became sin. It's a very curious turn of phrase that he entered into, took it upon himself, and he nailed it to the cross. In dying, he destroyed death. Um, some of the early church fathers had some wild imaginative imagery that they like to, um, to express this mystery. One of my favorites is the imagery of fishing, that Jesus was the bait, the devil took the bait, <laughs> swallowed, death swallowed him up like a fish would swallow the bait, and what happens? The hook is hidden in the bait, <laughs> gotcha, right? And that's how Jesus defeated death, he defeated the devil, he defeated sin. It's kind of an interesting metaphor. And so I think, brothers and sisters, there's a deep connection between this mystery and what Mother Mary asked for the first Saturdays. So on the first Saturdays, we have this prayer of reparation, this devotion that we do. We do something a little extra where we express our love for God by coming to Mass, receiving communion, taking a little extra time to pray. And it's an interesting prayer. We're praying in reparation for the blasphemies against the Immaculate Heart of Mary and what that means is this, that God gave many graces to Mother Mary. She cooperated with those graces. And so when people blaspheming against Mary, they're really blaspheming against the working of God's grace because Mary has nothing on her own. She has everything with God, but nothing on her own. And so her, her privileges, her graces are coming from God. She cooperated with those graces. And in so doing, she becomes the mother of the Messiah. She becomes the mother of the church. And so we pray in reparation. And, and here's, here's the key. When we pray in reparation, we don't allow our hearts to become angry and judgmental. Like all these horrible people who don't love God, shame on them. But we're in, we're in the category of people who love God, so we're going to pray in reparation. You know, it can't be that way. It has to be this way, that we pray in reparation, and our prayer of reparation is also a prayer of intercession for those who've gone astray. And in so doing that, we imitate Jesus on the cross who said, strike them all down. No, he didn't say that, right? <laughs> 
He said, forgive them, Father, for they know not what they do. On Good Friday, we're gonna have a special prayer service here, and we're gonna look at the seven last words of Jesus on the cross. My favorite of the seven words is forgive them, Father. He loved them. Even the ones who were torturing him and crucifying him, he loved them. And that's the, that's the prayer of reparation. Jesus himself, when he says, forgive them, Father, they know not what they do. He's offering a prayer of reparation. And that's what Mother Mary asked for at Fatima. There's that famous prayer that we pray all the time here. My God, I believe, I adore, I hope, and I love thee. I beg pardon for those who do not believe, do not adore, do not hope, do not love thee. It's reparation, but it's also a reparation that asks for grace for those who've gone astray. So it's intercession as well. And here's the kicker. Probably true that most of us who are here today were in that other category at one point. Even a moment of weakness, a moment where we've gone astray and the grace came to us and we'll be so surprised to learn that there was some beautiful person, maybe somebody in our family, maybe grandma, maybe grandpa, maybe an aunt or an uncle, maybe who prayed those prayers and interceded for us and wouldn't you know the grace comes and we have a conversion and we give thanks to God for the grace we receive. The grace that Mother Mary received leads us to the grace that we receive. Sometimes we cooperate with that grace and sometimes we don't. For the times that we don't, I'll see you over in the box over there, okay? The sacrament of confession, that's why Mother Mary says go to confession once a month. You know, not so that you can check a little box and say, did it, you know, but because of the grace that you receive. I see it. I wish I could talk about it, but I can't. And that's beautiful as well. But the graces that God gives and the beauty of that grace that happens as we struggle to grow in holiness, God bless you. And so I'll conclude by just noting some of the claims of the first reading, the book of the prophet Ezekiel, is all these prophecies of what's gonna happen when Jesus comes, the Messiah, and it's all this wonderful stuff. He's gonna gather the scattered children. He's gonna bring us back into the land, into unified kingdom of God. We're gonna be purified from our idols, our false gods, our abominations, our transgressions. We're gonna be delivered from our apostasy. We're gonna be cleansed so that God will be our God and we will be his people. There's all these beautiful things what Ezekiel is describing here is exactly what the death and resurrection of Jesus has done to the world. What the death and resurrection of Jesus has done to each one of us. We cooperate with his grace, his kingdom grows. His kingdom grows. You won't read about it on your favorite news website, but rather it grows in the heart, in the heart that is filled with his grace, where his grace is working, the effect of his death and resurrection cleanses the world, cleanses the world. And he's inviting us then to join him through our prayer, through our reparation, through our devotion, that we may be conduits through which more grace comes into the world. And we thank him for that this day. Amen. been listening to from the friars podcast the community of franciscan friars the renewal please visit us at franciscanfriars.com or on social media cfr underscore franciscans mm-hmm.